And here we are for yet another Mandalorian discussion show. We are on episode three of eight on season three, and this one is called The Convert. And this episode is the most different so far. I've seen a couple of people edit the artwork of Mandalorian to have where A-N-D-O is, have Andor in there. So it's Man, Mandor, Lorian, <laughs> because it's quite reminiscent of uh, certain elements of Andor. But before we delve into that, got two guests with me uh we've got megan who is my occasional co-host on genuine chit chat and normally pops up in these discussion shows somewhere uh, and then we've got ms tonya todd who is part of the fem on collective and did band books week uh, which i'm still I'm, I'm almost finished now i i, I it's, a, it's a shame that i <laughs> have taken so long to listen because i'm sure you're probably prepping for band books coming in a few months time but yeah, I've uh, I've almost at the very end of that, but I wanted to make sure I listened uh, in full and made sure that I was uh, paying attention to them. So, you know, it, people need to go check that out. I'll put links in the description and everything else that Tonya is up to. So, Tonya, hello, how are you doing? And what do you think of Mandalorian sort of in general before season three started? Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, but I've thrown it all at you at once. Okay, well... Meow. Thank you for having me on your show again. And it's really good to see you, Megan. I haven't seen you in a really long time. Yeah, it has been a while. Mm. How am I doing? Busy and blessed, as usual. Mm -hmm. Femon is keeping me very busy. And then I have some other projects going on, which, you know, we'll get to later, probably. <laughs> I was a fan of The Mandalorian. I, I enjoyed it from the beginning. It was, whoa, where did this come from? I didn't know that I could really enjoy a star wars thing all anew with characters that weren't already established i i really enjoyed the first two seasons of it i'm not saying there weren't moments if there's always going to be moments on a show that lull but i thought the series was great it felt like it was made by people who love star wars not people who are money grabbing hmm. and then i also enjoyed the episodes that were on boba fett which really felt like they didn't belong there but they were great <laughs> they were the best two episodes in the entire series yeah they would get episodes they were. and there was was there more to this loaded question not specifically uh, when i spoke with uh brett in uh the first episode there was and also andy to a degree as well uh there was an element of how Andor to a degree has not quite spoiled mandalorian for us but because Andor is at such a high mark and there's elements of Andor that we wish were kind of adopted in certain ways for the Mandalorian, just for a more concise and um, more, in some ways, kind of uh, deeply carved out storyline. In some they ways, they are different shows to me. They're different yeah. styles of shows. This is, is a space western, and it's full of adventure and fun. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a more fun series. Yeah, yeah. But Andor was. I think show for show the better series because of the storytelling and the writing. And it was just a different type of program. Mm. I don't need them to be the same. Mm -hmm. And what about uh, Kenobi? And uh, obviously you've just mentioned Book of Boba Fett, but with Kenobi, how do you think? Did, Cause it's interesting. Like I was if very disappointed with Kenobi. I was, a, you know, well, I can't say I was excited to see it because I fear these extra programs where we're dealing with characters we know have already died. We know, we know how their story ends. So how are they going to keep tension going in mm -hmm. these? In There's no big conflict. Nothing really horrible is going to happen because we know how they end. Mm -hmm. And it was, it stayed true to that. That was the problem <laughs> <laughs> is all right. So 
I, I enjoyed Kenobi more on the animated versions mm-hmm. during the Clone Wars. Yeah. I agree. It, it makes sense. I did enjoy Kenobi, but exactly as you said, it's, it suffers from the same thing. The plot is, it's not, the plot is, is there for other characters and things as well, but for the, the main driving force is featuring basically three characters that we know exactly what happens to them. And right. Then, Megan, what about yourself? Like when you going into series three of Mandalorian, did the prior shows like Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi or Andor, did they affect your excitement or did Grogu just override all of that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the other series affected my excitement for this one because, as Tonya said, the two episodes from the Book of Boba Fett that were the best episodes were basically the Mandalorian episodes anyway. <laughs> so I, I I like the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I liked Andor, but I think I prefer the Mandalorian <laughs> because I think there are more elements that go. Like, I think for me, Andor was too serious for me. Mm-hmm. I think I need that, like... I need the Grogu. Do you know what I mean? I need the cute thing. The- right. Jar Jar. That's what you need. Yeah, I need the Jar Jar. No. <laughs> Give me Darth Binkus. <laughs> that's what she always calls him. I mean, to be fair, Porgs are incredible. Well, yeah, there's always the a cute thing, isn't it? There's the Ewoks, Ewoks, there's the Porgs, there's like BB-8. Yeah. And, and in this one, we've got the Grogu. Which is almost the ultimate trump card. This is why you're Hufflepuff. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm actually playing Hogwarts Legacy at the moment. I've got to the point where I can collect beasts and I'm so excited by it. <laughs> Have you ever done the Pottermore quiz and not had Hufflepuff? Um, I think I did the Pottermore quiz once and I got Ravenclaw. Yeah. But I would say every single time otherwise it was Hufflepuff. I've had all of them apart from Hufflepuff. Yeah. And then it was funny because when I went to the Hogwarts studio tour in um, the... Um, Warner Brothers studio tour in LA hmm. I went and did the sorting hat and someone took a picture for me and I got chosen as Hufflepuff <laughs> on this thing that's obviously just pre-recorded it was yeah no it's magic Megan <laughs> oh yeah it's sorry magic. and Grogu's a real being as well <laughs> yeah but yeah no I need I need the Grogu okay. so I was excited yeah that's fair I mean as I enjoy all Star Wars content Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett animated stuff and uh, Mandalorian so um yeah, I've been enjoying that. And just quick uh, as well, have you been watching Bad Batch, Tonya? Yes, I, I'm i behind, but I have been watching it. Have you been enjoying that so far? It started off great, and then it it started to get slow, and not it's diverting from where I thought it should go. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where, I, I don't even know if it's done. That's how far behind I am. I don't, I don't know if this is a show that came out all at once, because I'm watching one at a time. No, it's when weekly. We're still watching episodes now. I think there's three okay. more. No, there's two or three weeks because the finale is going to be a two-parter. So it's the it's feeling like time. Monster of the Week episodes, and I don't need that. I mm. I want to. I mean, do it to develop something long term. That's fine. Use it as a tool, but not. No, that's it. <laughs> it really has no connection to the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying Bad Batch. I think it's good. I, I think that the last two episodes, are the two most recent ones, are probably some of the strongest. But I, I did find it suffered from that a little bit as well. But you know, I'm a sucker for Rebels, so I'm waiting for that animated show that can hit those heights. But the uh, animation is is ridiculous. On I was saying that to you. And, you said that earlier. Yeah, when we there are the scenes that look like they're just real. You know, before they put the characters in it, if you're just looking, oh, here's the sunset, and you're just someone drew that. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible, it's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, well, let's not enough crosshairs for my for my taste. Because well, maybe know. I'm not there yet. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, and if you get to a certain destination, then let me know. Um, so 
Mandalorian season three, episode three, the convert. So it's kind of it's in three parts, uh, and the first the first part and the third part are basically one element of a story, and the mm-hmm. middle section is a completely at the moment removed story, um, which is an interesting choice uh, for Mandalorian. But you know, Book of Boba Fett basically did this, so right, and we all complained about it. we love the episodes but we complain about it happening in boba fett's show Mm -hmm. this is not where it belonged Mm -hmm. so i am maintaining that (laughs) well that's fair but if we focus on the stuff that was to do the mandalorian uh, initially so you know it it starts off that they right where the uh, previous episode ends which i quite liked i didn't expect them to do that Uh, they're in the, the minds of mandalore they're in the water they have a few conversations and they basically get up go have some uh, a skirmish. No, Bo-Katan asks Mandalorian if he saw something living in the water. Oh, yeah, and he says he didn't. So it was only her who saw the, the mythosaur. And then, and then uh, she asks again, are you sure? And he's like, no, why? No reason. Okay, I'll just let that go. <laughs> yeah, I'll never ask anything again. Um, and then they do the space battle and things uh, with the uh, TIE interceptors and etc. And then jump to hyperspace. So do you have any thoughts on that element, uh, Tonya, of the first scene before it jumps to uh the rest it was fun and cool to watch but you know some of my suspension of disbelief this whole episode a lot of my suspension of disbelief was really being tried it was cool watching him jump from the ship but come on <laughs> like there's i just don't see how it's possible that he wouldn't have died he almost hit one of the the interceptors or one of them almost hit him as he was falling mm-hmm. i thought that as well too easy the whole thing was too easy and it looked cool, but it felt more like a cartoon than the way they're trying to make this more realistic. Mm-hmm. Fair comments. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I just think it's so unlikely. Like the only thing that happened is that he like stumbled a little bit when he landed. <laughs> like, <laughs> At least he didn't do a superhero landing where he was there perfectly. That would have been too late. <laughs> but it was still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like seeing you know, the, the, imperial remnant at least vaguely seeming like a threat you know at least a little bit but still it's kind it of creates like, some questions don't you think yeah yeah it does around you know what's going on with bo and what's going on with mandalore and i think that's the stuff that's really drawing me to this season is is especially when you've seen clone wars and rebels and there's so much history about mandalore and especially who mandalore the great was and that kind of element and that's obviously create the dark saber it's like Bo-Katan's kind of the doorway into that. Like even in the prior episode, she's had a few lines of dialogue just about her father and things like that and how sort of Mandalore was a little bit then. And there was obviously those hints and those mentions of uh, Satine because obviously they're in House Cries and that sort of stuff, which obviously links strongly to Clone Wars. So I really like Bo-Katan's involvement uh, in this. And if we actually, if we just jump to the end then, um, because it's it's not connected, so it doesn't matter. um, with Bo-Katan and the bathing in the water and things and her being redeemed, what, what do you think about that, Megan? I thought it was interesting because obviously they're like plotting things along to indicate that she might join the creed. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one thing, and I don't know if it's me just picking up on it for the sake of picking up on it, but in the ship, just after they've done, they've after they've gone into hyperspace, Mandalorian, oh, what's Dinjarin. his name? Dinjarin says... Um, this is the way. And then Bo-Katan says, this is the way. And then Grogu like <laughs> makes a noise 
that tried. sounds like this this is the way and i was like oh he's doing it too that <laughs> is first words <laughs> yeah and bo-katan looked at him and like kind of like tilted her head to question it so i think she's kind of coming on board mm. with it and do you like the like do you think from here she's going to kind of stay in the uh indian sort of religion and sect um i don't know because bo-katan does whatever she thinks is right yeah so she's not going to stay part of it's, it's, I don't want to say cult. It's not a cult. The religion, the creed. Mm. She won't stay as part of the the religion if she doesn't think it's the right thing to do. Because obviously, her like character arc throughout all of the stories is like up and down, isn't it? It is. It <laughs> is. And I, I never asked you either. What did you think about in the prior episode? And then I'll come to Tonya um, with Din using the dark saber and it being really heavy, and him like it being way down when he was fighting those sort of. Uh, and fights, I think they're called the caveman. Well, he doesn't want it, does he? No, I know. But then she picks it, it up. She picks it up, and she's just flawlessly destroying everyone with it. And I just thought, you know, the weight of the dark saber is kind of. She doesn't have that issue with it, so I just the idea that she's going to become the the ruler of Mandalore. I think that's kind of a, a hint. I thought that was always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough. Yeah. What What about you, Tony? What do you think of sort of Bo-Katan and her future and how her involvement with the children of the Watch that Din's a part of? How do you think that's going to affect her character going forward, or what do you want it to do, if anything? I don't think it was her intention to join them. She was mm. just trying to save him. I did see it coming like, oh, she has not taken her helmet off the entire episode. And she she was in the water, too. She didn't say the words, but no one said he had to make that promise that I feel like that was just part of the ceremony that he recalled from when he first did it. And so I figured at some point she was going to join them. I don't think she wanted to. I think she's torn because she doesn't really believe in their co- the, the their way of life. But at the same time, she's been alone for a while. Mm. I'm sure she has she misses community and family and they're not bad. It's not like she is opposed to them. She's just not a true believer. So I think she's going to go this course until it doesn't suit her anymore and not in an evil villainous way, just more like let's see how this works. But she She's a leader, not a joiner. So I can see them coming to a clash when, you know, she's going to want to go back and deal with that mythosaur. And I think that has to do with her long-term plans. So she's going to ride this out for now. Let's see how it goes. Maybe we can work together. But I don't think she's going to compromise herself just to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. Good points. And what did you think about with, um, obviously you said you enjoyed uh, Mandalorian series one and two with the first, the prior two episodes of series three. How did you find uh, those two? It's a slow start, I think, because they ended on such an epic high. They have to start a new story. Like we had all these huge goals for the first two episodes. It's a, it was all about Grogu. And now we have to establish a new purpose we, we need to have a new mission. And it feels like some of it is a little too easy. So I'm thinking there's a much bigger thing coming. I'm trusting the show to pull us through because it, it has delivered so much in the past. But I do feel like it's a little slow. Mm-hmm. But I'll stick with it. <laughs> this was the slowest, but that's because they d- diverted from the main characters so much. Mm-hmm. And do you have any further comments on the rest of Series 3 before we get into this side plot? No, not really. Okay, so the side <laughs> plot. 
the side plot it delves into uh, what Doctor Penn Pershing, and I think that's a joke on Penn Pushing as well. His name, um, Pershing. He is a a cloner who has some connection with the Camino uh, cloning technology because he's had a Camino logo on his uniform when we saw him in season one, and he's in this new uh kind of program for ex-imperials to try and rehabilitate them and it's it's quite interesting because i've not thought about that kind of element of things with star wars very much because star wars even the books and things kind of they go to time like directly after episode six a little bit and it's you get the battle of jakku and things like that and operation cinder and you've got these elements of the empire for a year and a half and then it kind of disappears and then you've got these occasional moments before the force awakens with the First Order, but not much else. So in the Mandalorian space where they're tackling the Imperial Remnant and what kind of happened to the rest of the people that didn't go off to make the First Order and didn't surrender immediately, we've kind of got this strange space and seeing Dr. Pershing, who obviously we've seen in other episodes, and the uh, the woman whose name I do not think I wrote down. Oh, Ella Kane. Sorry? Elia. Elia. I'll have to look it up because I wrote Ella. Well, there we go. I'll, I'll double check it. Um, but yeah, with her and him in this sort of program. So, Tonya, what did you think about this uh, diversion of, of the episode? And what did you think of the quality of what it got diverted for? I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. For me, it took too long, too too much time away from the main characters. If it were going to be a quick side story, they could have done it in half the time. It was an extremely predictable outcome. Like the whole time I could have plotted this as a new writer, let alone after writing for years, it just, there was, there were no surprises. And so it was boring. It's boring when you already know everything that's going to happen and there's no tension and there's no surprises. It felt like they were trying to mirror Andor and that's a different show. And guess what? That was interesting because we cared about the characters involved. We didn't care about either of these characters. So why do we want to sit here and do this thing, ride this very slow moving train that we know is going to end up here? The coolest part about that was seeing the Star Destroyer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So just seeing the set should not be the most exciting part of it. You said it was quite interesting. It was interesting. It was not quite interesting. If they were going to do a side story like this to give you give us these little Easter eggs, I think that it should be more like, I don't know if you watch The Boys. Yeah, we do. And, and they had those. There was a separate. Diabolical? Series where, yeah, where they have like these little shorts and they have mm. these things that are from the world. It would have been fine there. Something like that. And I would still watch it, but you know what you're getting into. You're not sitting down getting to ready to watch the mandalorian and then oh no we're going to watch these two Hmm. so it was disappointing to me that they took us off track so far it felt like i don't think you read the game of thrones books when you when i well for me when i read the catlin chapters it was just a slog it was so boring but there was always something so important in them that you had to read them that's so the, it felt that's like that's the first book, isn't it? Yeah, where yeah. it's like I felt the same. I've read the first couple of books. I felt the same way about her chapters as well. <laughs> they were dull. Like, oh, we get it. You hate Jon Snow, and it's like he's a kid. Quit hating this child just because your family cares about him. And 
there was no tension in her chapters, but there was always some nugget in there that if you did not read her chapter, you were not going to understand what was going on for the rest. And it felt like that. We're making you sit through this boring thing while planting all of these seeds that you need to know or referencing things like we're tying it into the future and the past. Mm-hmm. But we're making you snore through it. You know, you had to you need to stay awake for this. <laughs> yeah, no, just to clarify, I looked up and you write is um Elia um Elia or Elia, right? E L I A Elia Kane. I thought in the episode she said Elia. Because it's because that- I almost thought she said Elias, but it was Elia. Well, if you uh, heard that, I can't remember how she pronounced it, so we'll say Elia, but it's uh, written E-L-I-A, so yeah, it, it works either way. Um, but yeah, Elia Kane, and then the guy yeah, is Penn Pershing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I found with this episode, when it did, when it changed, I was like, okay, we're going to learn about him. I, I wonder what he's kind of doing, I guess. I was like, I've never really cared. I, I've never been right. like, oh, what's he doing next? I was like, oh, something to do with cloning. That's going to be quite interesting. Like, is that going to tie in with, you know, the sequel trilogy and stuff? You know, all those questions like it kind of did in the prior seasons. And as you say, as it was kind of going, I was like, okay, I was interested by the the, the freaky robot therapist I thought was quite interesting. And the some of the sci-fi that I quite like is, is some of this almost normal day stuff in this futuristic realm. But as you say, I feel like if they did it in Andor, if they did it as like a special for and or that might have worked better but then i suppose it's different time zone so it would have confused everyone but yeah i didn't feel like there was enough there as you say it kind of they almost felt like that section it was just its own little random 20 minute episode and they just went well we've got two 20 minute parts of an episode ish or really 10 minutes of a mandalorian episode 20 minutes of this let's just kind of smush them together uh what, what did you think of it i found it really weird because it was like it felt like it lasted ages, but then at the same time, everything that happens in the time that you watch it felt quite frantic as well. Mm. Like, one second he's like, no, I couldn't possibly carry on with the cloning stuff. Then the next one he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Then he's like, oh, no, 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 we can't go to that place. I've changed my mind. He's like, no, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. And it's like, okay, <laughs> make up your mind and also see that she's a baddie because it's glaringly obvious. Right. She stares quite a lot of things with a concerned expression on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Then what do you think? Uh, and for him to be this smart, how are you being this easily duped? She's not even seducing you. She just gave you cookies. <laughs> are you so sad and lonely biscuits. that just a smile is going to do it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. He's but I suppose it's. I guess if he's he hasn't had that kind of attention before. I mean, to be fair with me, if someone gets me biscuits, I'm just like. <laughs> Okay, I trust you slightly more, even though I probably shouldn't. You know, I've, I said at work actually. As, soon as on, I saw that box, I was like, "God, oh, no, he's dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as it's like food, it's, it's the way in. It's the way in. But yeah, I mean, I like seeing, as you say, Tonya. I like seeing the Star Destroyer, and I thought it was cool hearing that a lot of the Imperial technology was basically just completely destroyed and not used at all in the New Republic, and all these sort of elements that kind of give rise to the First Order. But it's like. I don't if I want to hear about the rise of the first order I want it fully in like an Andor style show I would like Andor to finish uh, I think maybe season two but whenever it's going to finish and then they've got this gap for this mature show 
and it can be cool to have like Rise of the First Order. I don't care. And it right. just have this thing, and you get to see all these different threads. It could almost be anthology, but almost every episode could do almost what this did with uh, Mandalorian and Bo-Katan. Where every episode at the start and right. end, you've got two or three minutes of these certain characters that maybe you don't even find the names of for a couple episodes. But them at the start and the end, and then in the middle, you've got this kind of anthology story. And then at the end, it all kind of shows how each thread of each of these sort of stories combined together to give this issue or threat to the New Republic. Like That sounds think- brilliant. Make it happen. <laughs> right, Disney, if you're listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, I already have a theory of the next book thing that they're releasing, um, but that's not the time. It's not the time for that here. Um, but yeah, it's. I did enjoy it, and I thought it was well made, and I didn't. It was like cheesy and bad. I just ended that kind of section with them, and I was like, so all of this was just showing, yeah, some cool lore and stuff. I'm sorry, guys, I got hiccups. <laughs> that's why <laughs> audio wise it sounds weird. Um, but like all these cool things with the Imperial, like the Am- the Amnesty program and that robot therapist I mentioned, it's really, really cool, but it's not enough story-wise there. I don't know where this is going to go. Maybe it will be paid off, but it just doesn't seem... Like him just getting mind flayed at the end. It was like, did anyone ask what happened to him? Right, that's what I said. My suspension of disbelief this whole time. I don't believe that he's this dumb. He is th- this brilliant scientist and you've never... You're... You're way too old to have gone this long without someone trying to manipulate you. You work for the Empire. You know you should trust no one. You've seen her in action. You know you shouldn't trust her. Just all of these things. And then, come on, you weren't thinking about doing this, and now gradually you feel yourself being pushed toward it? How are you this easy to puppet? I, I just don't get it. And then, oh, I'm just going to stay here and watch this. Don't mind me. Like, they can't tell that she turned the dial up. No one's going to question afterwards. Yeah. Hey, how did this happen? Yeah, that oh, I, I, I didn't say anything. I tend to say my thoughts out loud when I'm watching shows with Mike, but I did think, you have been left in this room alone. The guy definitely didn't do that. How is right. it not? How are you not going to get into trouble for putting it to max? Mm-hmm. Like, the evidence will be there because his mind will be flayed. You know, <laughs> how are you going to explain this? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really goofy as well. That, that bit, I was just like, Ugh. you know, leaving someone in a room, like why would you ever leave someone unauthorized, especially if they're part of like the amnesty program and they've just put in. What, what, why, what, how do we know her? She was on Moff Gideon's ship, but what was she doing? I think she's just an Imperial officer. She was just, she was an just officer. one of the people on the ship. Right. I can't remember if there was anything more uh, important about her specifically, but I think she was just an officer on there. She had some talking lines and things, so we did. She has been, had been involved a little bit in other episodes, um, a little bit less than Pershing has. But I'm, I'm trying to work out what the kind of what it was trying to show. Was it trying to show that she is still actually working for the Empire and that she's uh, just kind of getting rid of anyone who kind of isn't on board by framing them or something? Or is she more so like? She's just so up for whatever the main government is, and she's just ridiculously cutthroat. And just to get herself higher and higher in the ranking, she's like power hungry. To get herself higher and higher in the New Republic, she has to basically screw people over to get there, which is the way the Empire wanted it. Is it that? I assume it's more so the the former that she's kind of air quotes evil working for the Empire or whatever the Imperial Remnant. But I wonder, do you do you either of you have any kind of thoughts on her specifically? You don't, Megan. No. <laughs> Tonya, then. <laughs> 
Well, they did drop those hints that Moff Gideon is free again, and she could be working for him. She could be the mole on the inside, manipulating from within, pretending to be, you know, I, I have recovered, I am reformed. Now she's getting all their secrets and gathering all of this stuff. If he's free, he might be the one who sent all that stuff after Bogotan. We don't know, but they did drop that hint that he might be on the loose again. And he he's a formidable opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she's going to get as high as he was. I think they're showing there's more going on that you think. They're doing all this hinting about the cloning, which could just be, hey, we need to make the last episode of Star Wars not suck as much. So. <laughs> <laughs> So let's show that, oh, yeah, it was there the whole time. Okay, we'll see. (laughs) It was Agatha all along. Right. (laughs) And what did you think uh, about when we saw Coruscant on on ground level? Like when you saw the aristocrats and things like that, and especially when I think um, they kind of landed, when they were just kind of walking around Coruscant. And you got, because this is the first time I think we've seen it since the, uh, since Andor. So, because you never see Coruscant in the, original trilogy apart from the special edition of return of the jedi right at the end when there's the celebration you see like a scene there with a couple a few frames there with some fireworks but like you don't really get to see coruscant and it's not in the sequel trilogy either so do you like that at all or do you not cage is that where you had all of like they had like the street performers and stuff yeah yeah the street performers and the rich people walking around and one of them saying oh the empire the rebels the new republic whoever yeah, so it was cool to see it busy. I mean, when we have seen Coruscant, it's always been up at the top. Yeah, apart from in Clone Wars. Apart from in the Clone Wars, where there's a couple of episodes of the Soka. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think it's cool. Cool mm-hmm. to see the different layers of Coruscant. Um, would you like to see more episodes like this, or are you just like no? No, I want Grogu. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me the main characters. That's who I want to watch. That's why I'm watching the show. <laughs> I don't want to watch a fucking shady bit about a scientist and some sort of rehabilitation program mm-hmm. give me the cute little alien baby would you want i know they've uh, as tonya said they've mentioned gideon and stuff do you want him to kind of come back and be the main antagonist or do you want them to kind of move on with something else i don't really mind doesn't make a difference do you have me. any wishes for the future of mandalorian i want grogu to start speaking like hate like little words here and there like a full-on not necessarily i just want him to be able to communicate obviously you can start seeing the like the start of him being able to talk Hmm. i just want to see his character development because obviously he's like what like 50 60 yeah it's it's confusing because there's been things that have been said that say that book of boba fett took place over like two years and it's like okay that's quite strange if that isn't that mandalorian and grogu were together in season one and two of mando for I just want to see years. his character development. Well, you see him with the Beskar. Grow. Grow. Um, you <laughs> see him with his Beskar sort of chainmail on. Do you want to yeah, see him in the armor? Yeah, he's got that. He's like, got his little armor. Do you want to see him with a Mandalorian helmet? Like, Yeah. Well, no, but I don't want him to have a helmet because then I won't see his face. <laughs> but that was the way he's poking yeah. out. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, last thing with you, and I asked Tony the same, uh, with his ship. Like, do you like the new ship, the Naboo? I like the ship. I like the fact that Grogu's got his little own little space bubble Mm. that he pokes his head out of. I think it's cute. Nice. I was sad when his original ship got blown up, though. The Razor Crest was a very cool ship. Mm. 
it was very cool. But this new one is very cool as well. And I like how fast it goes. It just zips around. It's insane. But sorry, Tonya, um, with yourself, like, obviously you've already uh, mentioned that you didn't like this kind of episode. What sort of stuff do you want The Mandalorian to be there for? Do you want it to be kind of to launch off lots of other shows? Do you want it to be a, a part of the puzzle that all the other shows connect together to make this bigger story? Do you want it just to be about Mando and Grogu? Like, what, what are your kind of wants and desires of the show in general? Being as it was this show that relaunched Star Wars as a profitable medium where people could get together and enjoy it, like nobody expected it to be this good. Mm -hmm. And then they loved it. And then, okay, we're going to green light, green light all these other things because this was so successful. So let it be its own show. It doesn't need to launch all the other shows. There can be cameos, sure, but that shouldn't be what why we're gathering here to see it. And it's called Mandalorian. Let's focus on Mandalore and Mandalorian history. It doesn't have to be just him, you know? There's all this material that they've hinted at in the past, and I think that stuff is fascinating. Way more fascinating than some loser that we know is going to get shuffed in the end. Like We've seen this story a thousand times. Dude, if you didn't see it coming, then you deserve it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy from Tonya. <laughs> None. I didn't like him to begin with. I like him less now. Yeah, he's he's pretty weak. A pretty weak character. And what do you think about uh, the Razor Quest, uh, Crest? Obviously, when that was destroyed, him getting this new Starfighter. Did you like that? And did you like the sort of part? Oh, I was so upset when he lost his ship. Yeah. And this one's cool, but it doesn't feel as practical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, don't feel he's as safe in this. You know, there are, where can they store food? They're very tiny compared to most other ships, so he can get away quickly, but he is not going to be able to deal with much damage. I wish he had this ship that could be stored beneath a bigger, safer ship. Mm. This can't yeah. be his house. You know, like he lived on that other ship. You can't live in this. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a carav caravanette or like a small RV compared to driving like a sports car. It's right. like, yeah, you can go way faster, but that's about the only thing you can do better. And obviously, I think the weapon systems are pretty good in... Um, in well, they've the, all been modified, haven't they? Yeah, the modified Naboo Starfighter. Um, but yeah, he, he can't really live in it. But did you spot the uh, the Pergil stuff in see, in the first episode? No. So in when mm -hmm. uh, Grogu was looking out in hyperspace... I love the in, oh, I didn't know what they were the shapes. called. Yes, I did. Ah, yeah. The whale things. The right. whale things yes. from a certain <laughs> show that are quite... Uh, important you know the show i always mention every star wars discussion which is rebels that everyone should be watching because it's amazing um, okay i watched it that doesn't mean i have memorized every phrase creature oh, God, term. No. yeah mike i can all, i always forget what they're called that, I, that was i'm the else. one that remembers what they're called because yeah. i like them you love it yeah anytime <laughs> there's big whale creatures and things uh, you like them like an avatar as well yeah. but uh real oh yeah they're incredible i found we myself watching the end credits going wait a minute this isn't real. This this feels like watching a nature show. Yeah. It was phenomenal. It, was it creates a spectacular world. The storyline, not so not so spectacular, but the world, just gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. I'd say it's like he, he's just filming it. Like it, it just feels like a real thing that he's filming. It, it's absolutely phenomenal. And it's with, uh, with Avatar. I agree with you. I think the story is not the strongest, but... When you watch it, especially in the cinema, the experience you get is so good. And it, like the only real weakness I found with it was the plot. I think everything else in it was so well done. And I just plots are kind of important in movies. 
kind of important, yeah. But that's it depends in certain respects on how reductive one wants to be on a plot. You know, it's because one can argue day and night, which Megan's not going to want me to do, of like you know how because good plots and stuff. There's there's certain films which do have you know really cool plots, but there's other films, a lot of films where people think, oh, the, the plot of this one's great. Other people go, it's too complicated. And then other p- films you go, oh yeah, this plot's great. It's like no, it's too simple. And it's like this this balance. So with me, I think with Avatar, I'm like yeah. It's not that complex, but I like the, where the story unfolds, and I think there are good emotional beats in there, which I find for predictable stories is often more difficult to do. Um, but I did find that there were parts I was like, this is getting me a little bit, which surprised okay, me. Okay, but wait, how many times would you watch that movie? It's well, such an it's investment. so long. It's very, very long. Um, it's worth watching once, but I can't see myself sitting through it again. I'll tell you the next time. I I'll probably watch it. would watch it again, but that's solely because, like, I love water. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Uh, Avatar three. That's the next. Oh no, I, I love water, it. so I would I would watch this again because I love sea creatures and stuff. As you said, it's kind of like watching a David Attenborough <laughs> documentary. <laughs> so, oh, if he did commentary, could you imagine? That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> and here we are. In. <laughs> in Pandora. In Pandora. Yes. Anyway. Um, anyway, that was a big old tangent. So, uh, anything else to say about uh, the convert episode of Mandalorian or anything about the show, uh, The Mandalorian itself, or live action stuff, or anything else about Star Wars before we sort of wrap up here? Tonya? It had an interesting title because it could be played multiple ways. Are we talking about the Doctor? Are we talking about. Alaya, are we talking about Bo-Katan? Yeah, it's a very good point. Anything else you want to add, or is that the final sort of words on this episode for you? <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Not even given a word. That'll do for now. <laughs> what about you, Megan? Do you have anything else to add? No, I don't. No. Really. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's a good response. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, it was all right. I'm not that fussed by no, this No, we had episode. to get there, right? We had to get to that phrase. We had to get yeah. to it, so it was all right. <laughs> Just your coined phrase. I have interest. Are you excited for any future Star Wars content that's coming out? Like, I just find the amount of it that comes out is quite... Not over- is, I agree. It's not enough Star Wars. Shut up. <laughs> it's too much Star Wars. <laughs> it's an overwhelming amount of content, and that's how I also feel about the Marvel shows when they were coming out one after another. Mm-hmm. I just feel like sometimes I don't get like at the moment. Why? Why have they organised it for two shows to be on simultaneously? I think the reason is because they were a bit silly, and what they did was they realised that when Bad Batch finished, there was a few weeks gap, and then May the fourth is when Star's Visions comes out, and also the High Republic Adventures comes <sighs> out, um, which. And High Republic Adventures is another animated show, so it's like a bit. This is what I mean. This is evidencing my point. It's meant for way way younger kids. Yeah, I appreciate that, but they're still because there's there's way way younger kids that you're watching. You know, you're going to watch it. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, I know. Like, there's those two things that you've just mentioned. You've got Bad Batch going on at the moment. You've also got the Mandalorian season three. You've got Ahsoka coming out. Say anything else about stuff coming out because you've because you know Tonya tries to put the blinkers on with other stuff I don't yeah well I don't even know myself anything else there's one or two but I won't say them specifically but there's just there's just always so much stuff coming out and it's a lot Mm -hmm. so no I don't really get excited about other things (laughs) I must be honest no you're more excited for the stand up to cancer bake off episodes (laughs) that are coming out than the next episodes of Mandalorian or Ahsoka or Vision I I am looking forward to Ahsoka because I like Ahsoka Hmm. but 
But are you worried? Are you worried they're not uh, going to get it right? Are you? That's why I was. A, yeah, I was about to say the same. I I feel the same way how I felt about watching Kenobi. Hmm. I feel like it's going to be something of the similar vein where they're just like. I mean, there's obviously a little bit further that you can go with Ahsoka because you don't know what her end is. You don't you don't know what happens to her. So mm-hmm. they can go a little bit more, whereas obviously with Kenobi, you're restricted because you know what happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I liked seeing Rosario's Dawson, R- Rosario Dawson's portrayal of her in Mandalorian and Boba Fett. In Boba Fett, when she stands there, says two lines of dialogue and crosses her arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's the show I'm most excited for. I think mainly because the obviously the strong hints that it's going to be connected to Rebels because it's a, a yeah. But yeah, it'll be very exciting to see if they do go down that path. But yeah, there's not really much else for me to say. I I enjoy pretty much all Star Wars for the most part, and all live action Star Wars, even the weaker stuff. Mike's favorite is Jar Jar Binks. That's not true. Um, <laughs> that's one of my least favorite. You know, what? I do have one good thing to say about this episode. I all enjoyed right. the musical cues. The what cues, sorry? The musical cues. You can oh, I see. Hear elements of movies past and mm. movies in the background. That's I, I said when they were walking on Coruscant. It was like there's a band playing, and it was another. It was like a version of one of the little hints of things, and I enjoy mm. when they do that well. And I thought they did it well this time. I agree. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed you this. Could I th- feel Palpatine's presence, even if he wasn't really there. <laughs> <laughs> He feels influence, if, even if he wasn't there. Yeah, I hope he doesn't pop up in too much more stuff. But we'll this is see. where they come out with another series. It's like the <laughs> a whole new thing, and then they bring Palps back again. Well, it's like he's not really dead. Palps, <laughs> yeah, Palps. <laughs> yeah, I actually know the acolyte. That's the thing I'm most excited for. It's coming out. I know almost nothing about it, and anything I do know, I won't say. But it's uh, that show. I'm, I'm more excited for that show than even Ahsoka. So. We shall see, though. But, um, Tonya, do you want to tell us what you've got going on, what you've got coming out? I'll put links in the description uh, to Band Books because I said it, so I have to do it. Uh, and also, obviously, the Femon Collective and also your website and social media. Anything else you want to mention to the world? Just to mention that what I do on Femon is talk about fitness and active activism and then occasionally TV and movies. I, I have some creatives coming up that I'm going to share with all of you. And I'm interested to see what you think. Brilliant. Megan, you know you love plugging and uh, social media and all that sort of jazz. Hello, everyone. Grits Gets Fit. Instagram. Don't really use it that often, so I try not to look at my phone too much. And uh, any of my friends can vouch for me because sometimes it could take me months to reply to their messages. You can ask Tonya because it sometimes takes me... (laughs) The fact that I even messaged Tonya today out of my own will... To send her the picture of those banned books. Oh, yes. Um, is, is a bit of a miracle, really. So I <laughs> feel blessed that I messaged you, Tonya. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Grits Gets Fit, Instagram. And, uh, and, and on Patreon, Genuine Chit Chat. You can hear me on Afterthoughts. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, you know, one dropped I- on Memento today, right? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, mm. we, we recorded that. What was that film? That was the Polaroid film with Guy Pearce, oh, the right, memory, okay, yeah, the racy yeah. one. Yes, uh, which I adore. One of Christopher Nolan's first films. And we recorded our Blade Runner one uh, today as well, my birthday. Mm. Good fun. And we've got a few other things coming out. Uh, oh, it'll be Blade Runner 2049, is that what it's called? Because yep. we're partway through that. Yep, indeed. And uh, also, 
we've gone to Star Wars Celebration in a few weeks, so we will be recording some stuff for that, but I imagine that won't just be on Patreon. But you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. You can go to my Patreon, uh, but you can also subscribe to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter uh, because a lot of updates with Femon Film, uh, with Femon Collective, are on there. Uh, Genuine Chit Chat, Star Wars Comics and Canon, this very show, all kinds of great fun stuff, and subscribe to uh, Genuine Chit Chat on YouTube as well. Everything's in playlists, lots of video versions of stuff, all good fun for everyone but thank you friends for tuning in for another episode of the mandalorian discussion show i'll be in next week i think i think i might be with tony i can't i should have checked before opening my gob about this but i know tony freen is coming on the show very soon and he hasn't been on shows for a long time so it's uh, on these discussion shows so i'm very he needs to promote his new book Mm, oh yeah that's a good point that's a good point well he'll be um, i'll be having him on genuine chit chat to promote that at some point anyway but Yes, it's all going to be good fun. But thank you, friends, for listening as always. And uh, we will speak to you very soon. And as always, may the Force be with you.